to the International Brotherhood of Freemasons podcast, a Masonic podcast that brings you education pieces from a wide array of authors throughout the English, Spanish, and French-speaking regions of the world. International Brotherhood of Freemasons, in no way, reflects the views of any Masonic lodge or Grand Lodge and is the sole opinion of the person expressing it. And now, your host, Brother Paul Haynes. Here in episode 7, I have a really good piece for you. It was originally titled, Como Combate el Racismo? How to Combat Racism. It was published the 30th of April, 2018, by Henri Pena Ruiz. And it comes from the Franc Masonerie magazine at www.fm-mag.fr. One of the most lively issues of the day is that of racism. After the long-standing concept of using race to differentiate human groups, it has been disqualified by science. Yet the use of the term racism is proliferating, even to the point of confusing its meaning and using it in controversial, even unacceptable ways. For example, the rejection of a religion is labeled racism, whereas in reality, only the rejection of persons or peoples because of their religion could be called racism. Islamophobia and theophobia are not forms of racism. We must therefore take stock of the concept of racism, both for the sake of lucidity and to give the fight against racism all its effectiveness. The persistence of racism in a number of countries, including France, encourages us to go beyond mere moral condemnation in order to make a reasoned rebuttal of the underlying ideology. Along the way, it will be necessary to think about the relationship between racism and ethnocentrism, racism and xenophobia, while explaining the means of combating the racist ideology and the acts that translate it. The notion of race, a real notion yet convoluted. The notion of race is not trivial. It allows to classify living beings, enclosing them in categories that radically differentiate them from one another. Relevant for animals, it is not relevant for humans. It has nevertheless been applied to them, leading to distinguish several human races, three or four depending on the case. It is important to make this point before any reflection on racism. The animal world offers us the image of essential constitutive differences between the different types of animals, a dog and an ox, or of different races or breeds, canine and bovine. This means that their respective genetic heritages are clearly differentiated and account for their physical characteristics. In ancient Greek, the word genos, which made a generation recover the idea of an original nature, a sort of substance that develops spontaneously, common to the same set of animals. In the closest sense of the word, race could come from the Italian raza, which itself derives from the Latin ratio in its very peculiar sense of genetic formula presiding over the development of a certain type of living being. Let's take now a new starting point, 
the reflection on the status of differences that seemingly distinguish human groups. Do they allow to distinguish different human races? No, because these differences are not essential and cannot and must not make us forget the common nature of all human beings. The genes that determine the color of the skin, for example, are very few in number. White, black, yellow, and red from a single human species. Philosophy, from the truth of the exterior to that of the interior. For the human world, the unobservable types of diversity do not imply any essential difference. About men, Leibniz distinguished truth of the interior and truth of the exterior. The first unifies all human beings. The second differentiates between groups, but not on external and essential criteria. So there was a traveler who believed that black people and the Chinese people and finally Americans were not of the same race with each other, nor with those people whom we resemble. But as we know, the essential interior of man, that is to say reason, which dwells in the same man and is found in all men, we have no reason to judge there to be among men, according to the truth of the interior, an essential specific difference that exists between man and beast. A convinced rationalist, Leibniz makes reason a universal attribute of all human beings, and at the same time dismisses what differentiates them externally disqualifying and passing the affirmation of the existence of several human races. Man is homo sapien, the being of reason. The human being, as such, is the product of evolution, but it is also the inaugural source of history, understood as a culture and motion. These two things are very different. On the one hand, animal evolution studied by Darwin occurs by a set of mutations and selection of the variants, most in phase with the constraints of the living environment or biotope. Animal breeds are clearly specified there. They are unable to act in any other way than according to their instinct or innate pattern of behavior regulated by an invariable genotype that contains at least two mutations. On the other hand, human history whose animal evolution is actually prehistoric, is accomplished with beings equipped with conscience and reason, which condition their power of initiative and make culture happen. This is a process of transformation of nature by the work that cultivates it. All out of a concern to take care of it. In Latin, colere, which gave us cultus. At the origin of culture, there is the Homo sapien who became Homo faber, fabricator of tools, Homo loquax, animal speaking, and Homo politicus, animal living in and by the city or refined political community. It is understandable that this simple observation brings into play an anthropological reflection capable of defining the humanity of man and of attaining unity without denying the diversity of appearances, but remaining realistic about its real significance. The indivisible unity of humanity. The color of the skin, the shape of the nose or skull, 
The texture of the hair, for example, are variants that involve genetic differences, but do not affect the common nature of all human beings. Many scientists have begun to stop talking about race for fear of giving credence to a notion that divides humanity into essentially different entities. After the Second World War and the horrors of Nazi racism, this legitimate suspicion grew. And here is where epistemological concern takes control of ethical and political measures. Richard Antelm, who was deported to a Nazi camp, titled his major book, The Human Species, to emphasize the unity of humanity against racist differentialism. Genetic science is based on the notion of genes that are common and exclusive to a group of individuals in an attempt to precisely define characteristics common to a living group. If genes condition the appearance of being, the visible difference between two beings does not mean that their genes are so different. Thus, the color of the skin is determined by three genes involved in the production of melanin. But all humans produce melanin, except in the case of albinism. And all humans have more or less marked variants of these three genes called alleles. The DNA analysis shows that human species has a little more than 98.6% of its genome in common with chimpanzees, and that humans share 99.8% of the same genetic makeup with each other. The genetic difference between man and donkey is due to only a few dozen genes. As for the apparent anatomical differences within the human species, they are due to an even smaller number of genes. It is therefore virtually impossible to isolate those gene types which clearly differentiate populations. Genetic science confirms Leibniz's theory. But before we come to this conquest of critical thinking and scientific knowledge, the differences observable among men have long been understood by analogy with those which differentiate between animal breeds. In short, the immediate empirical reality has been quite misleading in permitting the belief of the existence of several essentially different human races. Strangely acronistic, the constitution of the Fifth French Republic uses the notion of race even if it is to deny that it can participate in the assertion of inequalities. France is an indivisible, secular, democratic, and social republic. It ensures equality before the law of all citizens, regardless of origin, race, or religion. It is astonishing to consider the persistence of such an obsolete and unpopular idea. In the name of races defined biologically and therefore of an intangible nature, the human species has often been divided into distinct groups with supposedly different biological properties. These groups have been hierarchical within the framework of a logic of domination, like that of the slavery of black people, then called Negroes, in America and the West Indies. This is how the Black Code came into being. Fires of the Inquisition and the expulsion of the Jews from Spain testified to the shift of religious anti-Judaism, or being hated for their religion, towards anti-Semitism, or being hated for their ethnicity. 
the Jewish people were targeted because of their religious idea that they were a resolute people. The rejection of a religion is not in itself racist, but it turns into racism as soon as it categorizes them and singles out one man or a group of men. But in this case, another name is needed, clearly different from the first, anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism is different from anti-Judaism. In the Iberian Peninsula, the subject of purity of blood, or limpieza de sangre, that is to say not mixed, has clearly made such a conversion possible. Access to civil and even ecclesiastical functions in Spain was long conditioned by reconstructions of genealogical trees intended to prove that the candidates had no Jewish or Moorish neo-converso ancestors, or in other words, a new convert to Catholicism, and suspected of continuing to practice his old religion. What could be more overtly biological in this story than the status of blood? The racist theme of blood purity is absurd since human blood, no more than race, is not biologically distinct from one group to another. In passing, we must emphasize the violence of vocabulary. Maran comes from marrano, which means pork. The theme of the purity of blood, the essential vital liquid, is found in the nobiliary ideology of noble blood, as differentiated from common blood, a classic distinction of the old regime. A similar vision was found in Germany, where the theme of racial purity launched by the Nazis targeted the Jews. The Nuremberg trials in particular affirmed the need to preserve the purity of German blood. Racism can also take other forms. The deconstruction of the racist ideology should make it possible to dis dissipate racist remarks whose blows are dealt through the use of language, words that are at their very nature, offenses. This deconstruction must do the same with the varied forms of discrimination, which are more difficult to expose. Discrimination in regards to housing, hiring, career advancement, etc. The obstacle which is invisible often takes the form of a glass ceiling that is encountered without being able to identify it in a tangible way since the discriminatory mechanisms are deceitful. In 1988, in his interviews with Didier Eribon, Claude Levi-Strauss gives a working definition to the question of whether there is only one type of racism or several. He defines racism as a precise doctrine that can be summarized in four points. The stated criteria cover both racist ideology and its practical consequences in terms of attitudes and actions. One, there is a correlation between genetic heritage on the one hand, intellectual aptitude and moral dispositions on the other hand. Two, aptitudes and dispositions depend upon this heritage. It's common among all the members of certain human groups. Three, these groupings called races can be ranked according to the quality of their genetic heritage. Four, these differences allow the so-called superior races to be in charge, exploit others, and eventually destroy them. Here we note the four combined processes of racism. The kernel of meaning 
applies as much to racism of exploitation as to the racism of extermination, of which Nazism has proved an abhorrent example.